Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 22. Um, had a fascinating conversation this week uh, with uh, Carolyn, and I believe she had this with Jesse prior uh, to me having this fascinating conversation about uploading and downloading. Um, and I'm not sure I have it straight in my mind which is uploading and which is downloading. But I'm going to use the word uploading here. So if you have, if, and some of you are going, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, so you have your digital camera and you take a picture and it's stuck on there. You can't get it out. You just, it'd be interesting if they had cameras like the old Polaroids where they just shot out a little picture, uh, a printed, you know, rolled it right out right away. And that would be a great thing. But they don't. Uh, at least ones that do it really well. And so you have to take what is on your camera and put it onto your computer. Uh, and that's uploading, I believe. Don't, if it's wrong, please don't challenge me, okay? Um, but you, you have to get the information off your camera that the camera has onto the computer. And I thought this week as I was thinking about parenting, what a great picture uh, for us is what we have on the camera needs to get to the computer. Um, and that, you know, this morning we're going to be talking about uploading. In Proverbs chapter 22, uh, it's an extremely important uh, verse as we think about parenting. Verse 6, most of you have heard this before. It says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You get this picture here. Um, some of us have struggled with this verse because we say, you know, didn't I train them? Didn't I, I put them on that path on which they are to go? I want you to remember that this is Solomon talking to his young man, his, his, his son. And he's, he's at the beginning of this section of parenting where he would say, what am I supposed to be doing? And as a father to a son, really from our heavenly father to a father to a son, he says, I'll give you something to do. I'll tell you what you should be doing. Uh, because it's really hard to see the outcome. I, I see the little ones here and uh, someone wanted to share something with us of, uh, in the message and uh, these little ones around here. And I remember being that parent and, and you go, I got time. I got time. You know, they don't even speak yet. Uh, I, I, I don't really have to have my act together. I'll just wait until they're old enough, you know, maybe 15, 16. And then I'll, I'll tell them everything that they need to know. And we realize that sometimes it's hard to establish what is supposed to happen in those early days to set a pattern for the future. And Solomon tells his son, I, I want you to know this, that train them, train them. Train them for the path. Train them for the path. And that will produce, this isn't a promise, but a, a, a path for a parent to take so that when they're old, the, the goal is when they're old. I think so often uh, we've talked about this before, the behavior modification. We just want them to obey now. But in reality, the goal of parenting is not for today, but as they're adults uh, when they're old. Even as we look at this, this verse, sometimes you, you may buy into it in your heart and say, God, I'm with you. I, I want to do this. But what? But what? How, 
What are the things that I am to train them in? What is this path where I'm to go? And so the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about, um, I think there's going to be eight. I, I said I was going to get through four this morning and I only got through three in the first service. So uh, there's going to be, hopefully going to be eight total, but we'll catch up next week, okay? So three this week, uh, five the following week, maybe, okay? Let me talk to you, parents, as we think of uploading to our kids. What is it that we are to give them? And I want to uh, encourage you, uh, I think sometimes as we think about parenting, I know we have some uh, uh, children here today, and we have some youth, and they're going, I don't have any kids, you know. And, and all their picture is, is of their parents. And sometimes it's easy for kids to be critical of their parents, and frankly, uh, there's plenty to be critical of, right? But I want to remind all of us, all of us, that parenting happens in a context of life. That n- nothing happens, uh, you know, there's prerequisites in school. You know what a prerequisite is? You've got to take this class before you can take this class. You've got to pass here. You need to be prepared. You need to have this foundation before you go to the next step parenting that's not true it should be true but it's not true right we're all at different phases of life some of you came to know the lord early and god gave you a rich heritage and foundation to build upon others of you got saved later in life and you already had kids and you're figuring it out and you're going i have this relationship with the lord how does it impact my uh, relationship with my children who are already in process and how do i deprogram that other stuff and uh, drag and drop into the trash can some of the stuff that I'd done prior. And uh, you're trying to work that out. I want to tell us that happens for all of us. That happens for all of us that we are in process. We are parenting out of whatever's going on in our life right now. And obviously this is why we need the grace of God in all of this. Um, so, so we go, what are we to upload? And the, Turn over to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. And if I could say, if I could prioritize these for all of us, this is the number one. This is the number one. And when I say number one, it, it's the most important. It dwarfs all the rest. Um, that this is the number one. Verse 7 says this of chapter 1. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Turn over to chapter 9, verse 10. I want to read that to you and then I'll make comment on both of those verses. Chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. You'll hear in both of those, and there are uh, quite a few others, we'll read some of those as well, talking about the fear of the Lord. In the book of Proverbs, that's talking about our relationship with Him. And I I know you hear that word fear, and you kind of go, oh, so we're just supposed to walk around being afraid of the Lord. If you see it in the book of Proverbs, it says the fear of man is a snare. You realize that 
fearing the Lord is to be in right relationship of Him. Because He is the majestic Holy One, the Sovereign One in the universe, the All-Powerful One, the Creator, if we are to be in relationship with Him, we are not buddies, right? This isn't some guy I play soccer with. This isn't someone that I, I just sit around and play cards and swap stories. This is the God of the universe, and for me to be in relationship with Him, it would be Him to me would be very different than me to you. And so there's this right relationship that He calls us to. That's the most important thing for us to upload to our kids. A love and a fear of the Lord. Love and fear of the Lord. This, this is the one thing, right? It, it's the number one priority. Um, do, do you want your kids to, to read? Do you think it's important for them to read? Some of you are a little slow on that, right? Almost child abuse, isn't it? To grow up in a, a country like ours and say, ah, it's, we don't care if our kids read. I realize they're learning disabilities, but for the most part, we can all uh, teach our kids to read, right? And if we don't, that, that's us, right? That's on us. You think about uh, other things that I want my kids to know. Do you, do you want your kids to know about finances, that they would understand about spending and saving and uh, the idea that you, know, you have to keep those things in order? Do you want your kids to know that? Of course, right? How about, you know, uh, do, do you want your kids to know math? Do you want your kids to know math? Yes, yes, we send them to school. You know, they, they go to school to learn addition and subtraction and algebra and math analysis, whatever goes on in that class, I don't know. Uh, but we want them to progress. We want them to be smart. We want them to have tools in life. Well, all of those combined, they're just dwarfs compared to us uploading to them a love and a fear of the Lord. Love and a fear of the Lord. This is what they're going to need. If you go on in the book of Proverbs to chapter 14, verse 26. 26 and 27. We'll come back to this also. Uh, in, I think it's the next point. It says this, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. You get that? It's good. You, you go on, it says in verse 27, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn to it from the snares of death. Uh, one of the things that we cherish is our children's safety, don't we? And you get this picture that there are snares out there. Well, what will keep them from those snares? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And so as we think about our children, we need to upload to them a love and a fear of the Lord. I want to stall here and just for us to just sink that, is, that sink into our hearts. The most important thing that we can upload to our kids when we're talking about training, this is this is the thing we want most. I know we struggle with how to go about doing this. But parents, uh, the camera has to have it on the camera before you can upload it to the computer. You get that picture? 
that, that you have to have it personally. I think so often we look at our children and, and we say we want things for them. We want them to be people and to, to be in a situation. And, and so we try to manipulate the circumstances so they would get there and have that opportunity. But what I'm talking about right now is giving to them a picture of what it means to have a right relationship with the Lord. So you have that and then you share that with your children. You have it and then you share it. It takes for you to have a priority in your home of this above all else. You look at chapter 15, verse 16. I think it says it in a way that really shows uh, a priority and really something that uh, has a culture in our home. Verse 16 says this. Better is a little with fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble with it. Uh, are you going to help your kids with their career planning? Yes. Some would call it meddling. Others would just call it training. What do you want your child, your son or daughter to be? Oh, you know, they say, well, um, you know, I, I really want to do this. Oh, don't, don't, don't do that. You can't get a job doing that. You're not going to make any money. You're going to starve and... You need to be an engineer, an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, uh, something that makes big bucks. And then when you hear parents talking about their children and you say, uh, their grown children, oh, my son or daughter goes to such and such university and, and they've got good grades and they're doing all these great things. And they, you know how much money they make? They make a ton of money. Well, Proverbs says this, better fear the Lord. With little, with little, just scraping by, just scraping by, hand to mouth, never knowing where that money's going to come. It's better to have nothing and just be scraping by with a fear of the Lord than to have great treasure, great treasure. See, that's a culture we hand down to our kids. If I were to ask your children, what's most important to you? What would they say? What would they say? Would they say, oh, simple. I get my homework done. My mom and dad like it when I get my homework done. That's the most important thing. You say, well, no, my, my kids won't say, that. oh, it's my room being clean. The bathroom. Me to do my chores. Some of you, some of you children here, sons and daughters, uh, youth here today, you say, hey, you want to come over to my house? I want to show you. I want to get my mom riled up. You want to watch? I just won't clean the bathroom. I'll leave my stuff laying around. My dad will flip out. It'll be really fun. I can do this any day of the week. This is what drives them. This is what excites them. You know, you don't want that to be your home. You don't want that to be your home. I struggle as I think about my own parenting and whether I have effectively shared with my children that the most important thing is that they love and fear the Lord. The most important thing and everything else is a distant second. You know, grades are important, but they're not even close to as important as loving the Lord. Hey, it's good to have a good work ethic, but, but that comes after, out of this relationship with the Lord. It's good to provide for your family, and, but, yet, but that comes out of this relationship with the Lord, not before it. To fear and to love the Lord. That's number one. 
Number two, we're to upload this to our children, that God, God's design is for generational relationship impact. I realize that sounds confusing, and maybe it is. Generational relationship impact. I want to show this to you because I think it's super important. You turn over to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. We've already looked at this. I want you to see what happens generation to generation. It says this, uh, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. I want you to see that. In... In fear of the Lord, a relationship with the Lord, one has strong confidence, or he has confidence, and his children will have refuge. This is so great. So what that means is this, that if I have the right relationship with the Lord, my children will have a sweet, safe spot in our home. You get that? It doesn't say anything about them coming to know the Lord. what's the benefit to me? Confidence. What's the benefit to my kids? This sweetness of home, this refuge, a place of safety. I I want you to get this because I think it's more important than a lot of times. I think a lot of us have grown up in systems where that were driven by guilt. Oh, you know, there's fun stuff, which is sin. And there's boring stuff, which is following after God. The stuff that's really good and fun for us is sin, so we can't do that. So in guilt, we do what's right and we have a boring life. That's, that's the picture that we have. That's not what I just read. Did, did you get that? What I just read is this. That what is great in chapter 14, verse 26, the fear of the Lord, that right really, one, meaning me, I have strong confidence. Some of you have told me before, you know, I'm so depressed. I'm so worried about what everyone thinks. I, I'm insecure about this, that, and the other thing. And I don't know what to do about it. I, I want to tell you, our confidence, our strength comes from our relationship with the Lord. The stronger our relationship with the Lord is, the more faithful we're walking with Him in obedience. Guess what? Confidence. And who's that good for? Is it good for God? Yeah, I guess you could say it's kind of good for him. But in this passage, in the book of Proverbs, it's so important. It's good for you. It's good for you. Why should you? I, I know John Piper's written a lot on this, but I, there's a sense where we should just do what's best for us. And what's best for us is have a, a vibrant, strong relationship with the Lord. But it gets better than that. This is what's so cool to me. So it's good for me, but guess what? It's also good for my kids. My kids benefit from a relationship that I have with the Lord. They have a refuge. And see, I guess what I want to challenge in this point here this morning is this. Independence. Independence. We get this picture that we're we're all driving towards independence where we don't have we just build up walls you do what you're going to do and I'm going to do what I'm going to do 
you know, our kids grow up and then we don't have to deal with them anymore and they're over there and we smile at each other at Thanksgiving and then we're done. You know, you go live your life, I go live mine, and never the two shall meet. We do that with our parents, we do that with our children. Uh, that's not the picture here. In fact, um, it's quite the opposite. It's one of independence and not just independence, but impact, impact. We are supposed to, as parents, impact our children. And as our relationship with the Lord goes, our kids will receive benefit. You look over at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. It says it again, a different way. It says this. Verse 7 says this, The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are the children after him. You get it? This is so cool. So I, when I'm doing what's right, when you're doing what's right, there's a benefit to you, but it sets up your children, your offspring. There's a benefit to them as well. You get that? We're connected. There's a dependence there. There's an impact we're called to have. And not just that, but if you look over at Proverbs chapter 17, it's not just parents that we would have an impact on our children. This is what's going to happen. If you look at verse 6, I want you to focus in on the second part. We'll come back to this later. But it says this, verse 6, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children is their fathers. Okay? What that says is this. Have you ever heard, uh, I, I, I've overheard little, little kids talking about their parents, their moms and their dads. My mom, she makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. And then someone else says, no, my mom doesn't. And they, they kind of go, are you serious? You've never tried my mom's. They, your mom's are horrible. They're like chips ahoy compared to what uh, my mom makes. Okay? Dry. Like Keebler elves, you know, have, are no match for my mom. You know, they, they talk about that. The, the kids will talk about their parents. Boys will talk about their fathers. Uh, girls, will, they, they'll, they'll just talk about them. They, they have that, they get excited about them. Why? God made it that way intended it's intended if you look over at uh, chapter 31 verse 28 you see this again when it talks about the woman uh, who walks with the lord faithfully the the beautiful woman in proverbs and what does it say in verse 28 chapter chapter 31 verse 28 her children rise up and call her blessed do you get this this is so cool. So, so the parents walk with the Lord. And there's great benefit to their children. There's a refuge and a strength and a confidence and a blessing that come to them just because of their parents' relationship with the Lord. And guess what? There's a response to that. As their, their children see that, guess what? The, parents lo- the, the kids love it. 
They talk about their parents. They, they say, oh, my mom is so sweet. My dad, he's just what God wants him to be. I see it in them. There's a, a coming up and a parent. The kids see that importance in the lives of their parents. Parents, your kids should rejoice in who you are as a person. Because of your relationship with the Lord, your, your kids should rejoice. They should see the value in that. If you see this, there's this relationship, kids to parents. And as parents are a blessing, kids receive the benefit and respond. But if you look over in chapter 10, this happens the other way around too. Chapter 10, verse 1. It's so interesting to me that that this is not just parents to kids. It's also kids to parents. Chapter 10, verse 1. We've looked at these before. Uh, A wise son makes a glad father... But a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. We see that. We know that, right? Parents rejoice when their kids are doing what's right. When they're not, it's a, it's a burden to them. It's a heartache. If you look over at chapter 15, verse 20. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. And then verse 23, 25 says this. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. This is so cool. So as the parents do what God wants them to do, the kids receive benefit. And as the kids receive benefit, they shower praise upwards to their parents because they see the blessing that they have been to them. Guess what? Same thing happens kids to parents. As the kids honor the Lord and walk wisely with Him, what happens? They're a blessing to their parents. It was designed this way. I know uh, for those of you who are, are, are youth or children here this morning, I want to tell you, God designed you to be a blessing to your parents. When your mom is crying because of things that you have done, Everything's wrong. God did not intend for you to make your mother cry. Only if she's getting emotional, you know. Sometimes you, you, you don't even know why your mom's crying, right? You come in, you want to be a blessing, you bring her a flower, and she just says, oh, that's so beautiful. She starts crying, and you're going, what did I do? I don't know what I did. No, but kids, I'm talking like this, where you're disobeying and you're, you're causing your mom to be burdened with you. She, she sees the patterns in your life. And so what happens is she breaks her heart, breaks her heart. It's not the way God intended for this to be. He meant for your parents to be a blessing to you and to share with you so that you would be proud of them and that you would heap praise on them. And guess what? He meant for you as children to do what's right so that your parents would be glad. They'd be excited. Your mom would smile when your name is mentioned. This is God's intention. Not done yet. Turn over to chapter 13, verse 22. Grandparents, are you listening? I know we have some grandparents here this this uh, morning, and and this is um, 
Obviously, the primary relationship is parent, parent to child. But listen, there's some things about grandparents in here as well. Verse uh, 22, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. I find that interesting. What are grandparents good for? Money. I don't think that's the primary thing in there. I don't think that's the point. But the picture here is this, that there will be waves. There will be waves of blessing coming from the righteous life. Do you get that picture? That it's not just, hey, we made a little bit of an impact on our children, but there's this waves of influence going down even to the the grandchildren. You get this picture that their life the riches of their life are just so immense that they're pouring it down through generation and generation. You look over, uh, and we know this. God knew it first. I just want to remind you. But turn over to chapter 17, verse 6. We've already read this. It says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged. What does that mean? It means that Grandparents are excited about their grandkids. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I, I see some of you becoming grandparents for the very first time, and you're like, it's this phase of life just snuck up on you, and you like it. You like it. And, you, you know, someone mentioned to me in, the, in between services, uh, people in the first service always correct my sermon, so you get the edited notes and... Uh, one said, you know, I saw that sign. I don't know if you've seen it that says uh, grandkids are the reward for not killing your own kids. Uh, and uh, I don't think it's in Proverbs, but maybe you could loosely translate a couple of those verses, right? I, I want you to get this. This is super interesting to me that, that God knew before you did that you would be excited about your grandkids. You'd be feeling blessed by them. And guess what? They would see you as a blessing. Do you get, do you get this picture here? From generation to generation to generation. Um, I think it's good for generations to be independent of one another. Uh, so we don't have to depend on each other and we can just live our own lives and That's not what the scripture teaches. It's not what it teaches. I can do my own things in my own time and I don't have to. That's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture teaches this. Generations are to impact one another in a blessing. They are meant to learn from one another, to take care of one another. They are meant to uh, be involved in one another's lives. And so this is what we need to teach our children, that this is not something we do um, as little as we can. We do it as much as we can impact generation to generation. If I can say it this way, uh, I'd like to summarize by saying this. Our spiritual lives are to set up the spiritual lives of our children. You get that? It's, It's meant to be that way. You think about this picture. We can't succeed for the next generation or the generation. We can't succeed for them. But we can give them all the resources that we possibly can, all the encouragement we possibly can, all the impact we possibly can 
so that they could succeed spiritually. This is the intention of Scripture. God set it up this way, that we would impact one another uh, for spiritual success. That was my second point, that generational impact in relationships. Number three, and this is the negative, we'll get into the positive next week, okay? We need to upload this to our children, that pain will come into your life if you don't honor the Lord. Pain will come into your life if you don't honor the Lord. I realize that sounds pretty negative, but what needs to happen when we see this, when we experience it in our homes, we need to circle it with a big fat Sharpie marker, okay? So that everyone remembers that pain will enter our world when we don't honor the Lord with our life. And you say, well, you know, that sounds kind of harsh. It is kind of harsh. But it's, it's, it's what the Proverbs teach. I, I think so often uh, we look at sins of this world and we minimize. Not, uh, we brush it away. We try to cover it up. and We try to uh, do the balancing scales, which never balance out, by the way. Right? You know, you see one good thing out of your kid and you go, oh, good, good, you know. Uh, you chopped down the neighbor's tree and uh, lit our car on fire and ruined the carpet. But, you know, the fourth problem in your math homework, you did right. Boy, you're a good boy. We need to be teaching our children. We need to be generation to generation to remind one another to be a culture that pain will come into our lives, will enter our world if we don't honor the Lord with the life that he's given us. Proverbs chapter 3. Chapter 33 says this, The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. That first part there should be the picture for our children to understand. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked. That There's a picture where he stands at our door and he watches what we do and he says, I'm against what's going on here. Why? Because you're doing your own thing. Being wicked. You turn over uh, to... Chapter 11, verse 21. In a similar sense, he says this. Uh, be assured, be assured, an evil person, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 21. Be assured, an evil person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. Do you, do you get the picture? Uh, you think about what it is to be young, and even for those of us who are older, we think about this sometimes. We think, hey, we can do whatever we want, um, and God doesn't really care. You know, I can get away with it. No, you can't. No, you can't. You'll not go unpunished if you live a wicked life. It will come, and it will come on God's time and in God's terms and by God's hand. He is the one. You skip over to... Um, 
chapter 14, verse 11. Chapter 14, verse 11 says this. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Um, There's a tendency for us as we grow to look at people. uh, Psalm 73 talks about the envy of the wicked, to see their lives and to say, hey, it seems like everything's going okay. Maybe it's good to be sinful. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not worth it to follow after God. In the book of Proverbs, it makes clear the house of the wicked will be destroyed. Wickedness ends up in destruction. It will fall apart. It will be uh, destroyed really by the Lord, the hand of the Lord. This is not something he he lets go away. But, But then he says this, but the other side as well, and this is what we'll get into next week. Verse 11, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Now let me ask you a question. Uh, Do you want to live in a house or a tent? I always want to live in a house, right? I haven't lived in tents, but I've gone tent camping. And I don't really like it, you know. It's fun for a night when we feel like we're roughing it, you know. But there's a sense in which where it gets old. I remember uh, speaking to one of the members of this church, and she said, "She said I, I don't, I don't go tent camping." And I said, "Why? It's kind of fun, you know." And she says, "I lived in a tent before. My parents were super poor, and I lived in a tent. We walked from our piece of land that other people we were tent camping, and we in Bakersfield. In Bakersfield, she walked." I think, wow, I guess it wouldn't be that great to be in a tent. I'd rather have a house than a tent. It's real simple. And yet he says this, he says, I'd rather be in a tent with the Lord. The the place that will flourish, the place that, that's a good spot to have little or nothing and have that relationship with the Lord to be right in his eyes than to be wicked and to have a house, to be have a beautiful mansion, Right? Tent's great with the Lord. Kids need to know it. Our kids need to know that wickedness will result in pain, pain to their life if they don't live for the Lord. A couple of things just to tie up this morning, and then we'll pick it up again next week, Lord willing. Um, Parents, uh, you can't teach what you don't know. You can't upload something that's not there. Okay, you can't transfer it over. If you want a beautiful picture, you got to have it first. And I want to encourage you. That means it starts with us. Starts with us. I want to encourage you also that um, sometimes we say experience is the best teacher. It's not true. It's not true. In fact. Many of us have experienced bad things and we've gone right back to it over and over and over again. We haven't learned from our experiences. We go right back to it. You know who the best teachers are for your kids? Their parents. God has uniquely equipped you in a relationship with him that you can be this amazing impact on that next generation. Don't throw your kids to experience. 
I want to tell you this too. This is all by God's grace. I, I, I realize that context and you say, well, if I had more money, if I was born into a different situation, if I had a different job, if my parents were more this and more that, hey, this is all covered in the grace of God. This is why Jesus died, so that we could be a part of this generational impact. And for some of you, it starts with you right now. It starts with you, your first generation. Praise God. He'll give you the grace for these things. Others of you have been given great resources. Great resources don't uh, ensure that they would be passed down apart from the careful passing it down and uploading from generation to generation. This is what we'll pray for. Uh, this is what we'll trust the Lord for, for the future. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, I pray that the families represented here, and God, that you would do great work and that uh, the grandparents, great-grandparents, the parents and the children would understand how this all works together for your glory. God, I pray in the center of all this is that we would have relationship with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.